Hello and welcome to the Grappling with Fatherhood podcast, a place where we talk about the lessons learned in parenting and jujitsu and where they sometimes collide and overlap. Uh, my name is Blake Cosmeyer. I am a jujitsu black belt and the father of two small kids. And my co-host, as always, is Uday Malhotra. What's up, everybody? Uday Malhotra here, black belt and BJJ and father of two beautiful girls as well. Um, this episode, just so you guys know, um, is we're calling this like, I don't know, like our vault episodes. Um, <laughs> we recorded a couple of podcasts, uh, like back in October. Um, and unfortunately some of the critical data was lost. And so, um, we, Uday and I have had these conversations before, um, and we still really wanted to talk about them with you. Uh, we're just bringing them back up. Um, but you wouldn't know cause you've never heard them. So, um, yeah, we're talking about milestones today, um, and we're going to try to do our best to carry over the insights that we touched on, uh, you know, months ago, um, and uh, and bring them forward to you today. That's right, the lost episodes. <laughs> the lost episodes. <laughs> um, first up, man, how you doing, Uday? I we've been rapping a little bit before this call, Dude, and you're you're yeah. the shit. <laughs> man. A little bit. So Van is in Colorado for work right now. And I have, I'm juggling like everything right now solo, which has been difficult, which has been really difficult, you know, like getting the kids ready in the morning. It feels like everything's just been nonstop, which feels like silly to say, considering I don't have a job right now, but you know, I, I try not to sit, sit around during the day. I, I get shit done, you know? And so um, it's just been nonstop, man. And so I'm like, I don't know how people do this. I don't know how single moms or single dads raise a kid, let alone two kids by themselves. I have, I mean, I've always had utmost respect for, you know, parents and single parents. Um, and this just, oh man, you, you walk a mile in someone's shoes, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. it's just, it's, I mean, your mom raised yeah. you as a single parent, right? And yeah, yeah, like, yeah, man. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, it was, and you know, it's again, you don't take it, you don't realize what it's like until you're in it. Like, um, yeah. uh, on the, uh, like, yeah, first of all, I want to say like, you do have a job, you, you teach jujitsu. Um, and right. you know, it's, right. it's not, it's not full-time employment, but you do have a job and you take it very seriously and you show up for it in an awesome way. You're and right. you teach privates a lot of them throughout the week. Yes. And then your, your students are very appreciative of that. And also like, I always say this, people are like, Oh, so like your wife is a stay at home parent. I'm like, no, my wife is a fucking work from home parent, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, yeah. this isn't, there's this impression of like, Oh, a stay at home parent. Like they, nah, they, nah. they sit at home and think about what they're going to bake every day. You know what I mean? They like, Oh, they like watch oh. reality TV on the couch. And it's like, dude, whew, it is work. And, uh, <laughs> Like, anyways, you know, that's, that's, that's a big part of what we, yeah. the whole reason for this podcast is to have real conversations about that shit. So I'm, I'm, totally, man. I'm sorry you're in it. You are more than qualified. I'm sure you're doing a great job, but I'm also sure that it is exhausting, bro. And the idea of yeah. hopping on this podcast with me at almost 10 o'clock at uh, night. Dude. <laughs> nah, this is the stuff I enjoy, man. This is, this yeah. is my reprieve from it all. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and look, I, my wife deserves a trip. You know, this is a work trip for her. Mm -hmm. So, you know, of all the times I've had to travel for work or, you know, for parties, like friends, parties, birthday parties, whatever, you know, like she's done it and she hasn't complained one bit. So I shouldn't 
I should probably just shut the fuck up about it and, and enjoy the quiet moments with my kids. You know, like um, Van Van called like 20 minutes past the kids' bedtime. I was like, dude, let me tell you something. I had the kids ready for bed, 8.20, ready to go. Their bedtime's 8.30. We got 10 extra minutes of reading in. And she's like, hey, I want to say goodnight to them. I'm going to call at 8.40. Blew everything up. I... Not complaining about it because, you know, I've done that to her a million times, but yeah, it's still, you know, it throws a wrench in the, in the thing, but, um, but yeah, man, you know, it's, it's all things considered, man, things are good, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. On the other, on the other end, the Cosmire family, uh, we've been, yeah. so it actually took a page from the Malhotras, I feel like, um, and, uh, you know, I don't need to, my wife has been trying to, uh, manage some, postpartum stuff um now mm. that she had our second kid not like a uh, mental stuff but just like physical stuff like the, just the way she sure. feels in her body having time for herself taking care of herself in, in ways that she really has been pushing aside and i think a lot of parents you know they do that especially after the second one man where you're like god it's it, especially if you like if you had the first one and you kind of got it together in between the two and then you have the second one and you're like whoa i feel like i'm way back behind where I was after I had my yeah. first one. And like, it's just, especially like women's bodies, man, it is just gnarly. And, yeah. um, man, Becca has been really f- asserting, like just taking care of herself, like really finding space to take care of herself in a way like, you know, just yeah. little things from like, Hey, like, you know, I'm going to take time to get ready in the morning. Cause that makes me feel good to like, you know, bigger things. And I'm just, it's, so cool like and when she did it and when she started doing it i started noticing it and i'm always super encouraging of this kind of stuff but it's hard because i'm such a psychopath when it comes to like health and fitness and taking care of yourself that i'm i'm self-conscious about like really pushing that on her and on other people around me right Mm -hmm. because i'm like i fucking eat like a rabbit i like train like you know a, a, a stallion or whatever, you know, like I'm nonstop yeah. and like, I'm, I'm diligent. I, and I know I'm a psychopath. Like I know this isn't the way that most people are. And so I don't, I don't try and force it upon people. So anyways, Becca has been like, yeah, whatever. And so we've been making a really good effort to make time for each other, to have that space lately. That's awesome. And yeah. I say we, I mean, I, really what's happening is that I'm saying, Hey, Blake gets to work out for an hour and a half today. Cool. Yeah. But, babe, whatever you want to do for an hour and a half, let's make it happen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and sometimes it's just as simple as fucking taking a shower, you know, or like whatever the thing is. And we've just been so good about that in the past two weeks now. The whole vibe in the house is different. Like, yeah. not that it was bad before, but it just feels like we're working together towards something. <sighs> um and it's great, man. That's and so awesome, man. And even and you know what it is, dude. I don't know if any parents out there feel this, but the hours between kind of like four p.m. and bedtime are hard. I feel like they are like after dinner dude. and bedtime. You know, dude. Four no four p.m. You said that's when pickup starts. That's yeah, when you got to start thinking about pickup. That's when you got to start thinking about playing dinner. Yeah. And the post post dinner activities and showers and bed. Oh my god, it's it's rough. Yeah. And I and and this has given us a really good way to organize that time because I'm like, okay, babe, oh, like awesome. you have your time from this time to this time. You do this, do this, do this. I got the kids. We'll we'll go get acai. We'll go to the park. 
we'll do yeah. this, this, and this. And I got both of them. You know what I mean? We'll, we've been doing, um, we've been doing a lot of jujitsu in the garage lately, like just, just stuff like that, like really organizing yeah. the evening. And then Becca's like, cool, you got your time. And honestly, like I, I've gotten my time for years and years. Yeah. And yeah. some nights if we make time for her and we don't make time for me, it feels like, you know what, dude, like you watched the kids all day while yeah. I worked, like I, and while I fucking made content and while I like yeah. edited my podcast, you did the key, all that. So you got She's your got time. some in the bank. I got, She's you know got what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, so, totally. and, and so, and if I want to do it, you know, I'll stay up till 10, 11, 12 last night doing it. And that's Man, okay. I, I think it's awesome. I mean, you guys are being like really intentional about how you're divvying up time. And I think time, and I think that's, that's super important, right? Like to just make yeah. sure that you guys are each have your space for yourselves and each have your space for each other, each have yeah. your space with the kids, right? Like together. So, um, yeah, I think that's great. Like the more, the more you can be intentional about stuff like that, the more it becomes habit, you know? And when it's habit, it's just second nature, you know? Yeah. I, I can't recommend it enough. And I don't mean like, Hey babe, like, you got an hour and 15. I want my hour and 15. You know what I mean? I it's got like, 30 seconds on the clock for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Gotta wrap up that episode. Um, but it's also it's also becoming a little bit more aware of, yeah, um, yeah, just all of it, you know, like roles and responsibilities and, and like yeah. division of labor and all of that stuff. And it's, man, a little bit goes a long way. Um, so anyways, yeah, that's man. been going on in our house, which is super cool. Um yeah, dude, uh, it's That's it's great, been good, man. and I've been um, fucking training again consistently <laughs> after yes. getting tattooed, and so uh, that's been good. It's I good got to have my, you back on the mat. Oh, it's great to be back, man. Uh, hopefully, you know, we didn't have I didn't we didn't train you and I didn't train last Saturday, but um, yeah. I had actually had uh, one of our gorilla den mates over to we'll call this oh, nice. uh, what, what where am I? I am east. No, maybe east of east. Gorilla Den East, yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, I had I had um, Dylan over. Oh, that's great. In, that was good. Yeah, we got in a good uh, like hour session in the garage, and um, you know, um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, dude. Good for you guys, man. That's great, <laughs> Thanks, man. Man, yeah. can I can I tell you something? I, I mentioned this before we jumped on here, but I I need the world to know how impressed I am with you, dude, because. I see your TikToks and I see your Instagram stories and I see that you drop off your children in the morning and you are, you are fitted out. You got the sweater, <laughs> the swanky sweater. You got the, the sneakers on. You got the, the right jeans. You got the T-shirt. And I'm like, man, this guy, you're dropping off the kids. Let me tell you something, Blake. Dude, when I drop off the girls, I look like I look like worse than I just rolled out of bed. I look like I rolled out of bed and someone beat the shit out of me. And then I drop off the kids. And now, yeah. ever since I've seen those videos, I'm like, I need to step it up because people are probably judging me. People are probably judging me. Like, is this guy? does this guy own a different hoodie? What is he doing? <laughs> does he own another pair of sweatpants? Like, what's this guy doing? What's what's wrong with it? Does he, who they need a hug? Why is he showing up like this at his kids' school? He knows people can see him, right? So you know, I need to step it up. I thank you. Uh, you know, back to internet versus reality. Um, you know, it's what you see on. I mean, yes. I here's the here's the deal. I don't get to be exposed to human beings very much throughout the day. I work from home. Yeah. Uh, I am seen from 
about halfway through the chest to the top of my head yeah. um at most you know a lot yeah. of calls i'm on i could just i could just turn my camera off, off camera. and so yeah. this is my opportunity this and going to trader joe's to be seen as an adult in the world i have a closet <laughs> full of nice clothes that i used to wear going to offices and they're lonely and they're like blake uh take us down show us around and so yeah so teacher kate you know she gets she gets the best of me at uh That's 9 a.m awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude and if you don't awesome. if you can't get it together first thing in the morning that's yeah. totally fine but i will say this is another one of these things yes. man you just put a little bit of effort in and everything feels a little bit better you know it's like fuck man like of course like no you you know you're right man no you, you are 100 right it's just you know for me i feel like my day begins when they're day after they're after they've landed, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. so, okay, yeah. now I can have my coffee now, by the way, tangent from our tangent, <laughs> I hope to God that when I interview, I don't get tricked into accidentally standing up because from hair up looking good. I'm wearing one of my lonely shirts down. Oh man. I'm either wearing my gi pants because I'm about to run to training afterwards yeah. or I'm wearing my sweatpants. I, I can't uh, have that. I need right. to. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're right. I, I think um, maybe you know, I'm a little spot inspired. Maybe tomorrow morning. Maybe tomorrow morning. Anyway, day. I think yeah. um, today's episode. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about uh, milestones. Um yeah, man, milestones in jujitsu, uh, milestones in raising your kids, uh, yes. and, and where they sometimes overlap. I think in this this episode, we're going to open up by talking about milestones in jujitsu because I think it's a, a very relatable part of jujitsu. It is a um, it is an element that everybody can kind of they think about their first stripe, their blue belt. Now my yeah. black belt, um, their first tournament. There are all of these cool milestones that happen in jujitsu that uh, either motivate you, make you discouraged, um, and I think it, it makes a lot of sense to talk about talk about that, man. I will also say, you and I are celebrating a bit of a milestone with this episode, aren't we? Oh, this is technically our tenth episode, correct? It's technically, so while chronologically, is not you're not listening to this tenth in line. But this was the, supposed to be for our tenth episode, which so is why we were episode. talking about milestones. Yes, correct. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so actually, I'm looking at my notes here, and one of the things I wanted to mention was in what must have been episode nine. You had asked me a question about um, my expectations about giving about around getting a black belt, yeah. and I feel like I gave you an incomplete answer. I told okay. you something along the lines of. You know, I didn't. I I didn't know what to expect as far or what my expectations were actually receiving it. But what were my expectations about once I was a black belt? Is what I want to make sure I, I touch on because I didn't do that last time. Mm -hmm. And when I what I thought was going to be the case was I thought I was going to get my black belt and I was going to be this untouchable jujitsu master who was just going to be good. And I, that's it. I'm good now. That's it. No, you, I, maybe you'll catch me, but no, I'm good now. That's it, right? And man, I couldn't be further from the truth, right? Like there's, I say this all the time. There's still learnings. There's still, I still get caught. And um, the reality is, is that there's expect, there's peaks and there's valleys, and just like the peaks and valleys you experience at purple, blue, white, brown, all of them, right? So um, there are days I feel great. There are days I feel like a purple belt. 
There are days I feel like a white belt, you know, and, and I'm, I'm grateful for all those days. So the expectation was <laughs> laughable to think about now, but um, yeah, reality was like, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's still a challenge and it, that's the beauty of jujitsu. It'll always be a new challenge. Yeah, totally, man. Um, I definitely anyway. am feeling that, feeling that right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After two weeks off coming back, I, I I'm, I'm feeling, yeah, I feel good, you know, in, in, in what I yeah. do, but I rolled with, we got a guy who's, I haven't trained with him before, but it seems like most people know him. Big guy, um, black belt. Um, you probably know him. He's been coming to lunch classes lately. Um, he's like big professor. Beard? Yeah. 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 He's visiting from uh, Florida. Oh, okay. He's so good. Yeah. He's so he's good. Very good. He's, he's a big good. guy. He's like probably well, he's like 240. 275, dude. Yeah, 275. 275. Okay. Uh, and he, he whooped my ass in a way yeah. that I totally didn't expect. I like, yeah. I rolled with him on Sunday and he's like, Hey Blake, like, cause I, I chatted with him a couple days yeah. before. He's like, you want to get a yeah. warm up round? And I'm like, totally. He was so yeah. smooth, dude. He was smooth yeah. like butter. And I was like, yeah. this is humiliating, bro. Like he's letting yeah. me play top and just make a fool out of myself. And I was like, Okay, and like I got knee barred real quick, and I was like, "Okay, that's yeah, not gonna happen." He caught me knee barred too. Yeah, he did. He, yeah, yeah he, he sat back on one yep. from uh, from mm-hmm. like almost like from the saddle, and I was like, "Oh man, this is." And so like afterwards, I was like, "Dude, I got to hand it to you." Like, and, he, and it's like he knew, you know, he knew. He's like, "I know I'm a big guy, yeah. and like that's what people think I'm gonna do." Um, but anyways, so I was feeling very much like, oh, "Okay, I don't want to take away." I mean, he's. I don't want to take away from the fact he's very good too, right? Like, yeah. It was, he wasn't using strength on me. I'm sure he wasn't using strength on you, you know, like, yeah. and he's very smooth and very good and played a very technical game when we rolled. And it was yeah. a lot of fun because like the first time I rolled with him, I was like giddy because very rarely, like this, this is, you can say it. You can say it. very rarely do, do I feel like I'm grasping for straws, right? Like yeah. even like even my, even my toughest roles, I'm like, okay, if I do X, Y, and Z, I can, I, I got something, right? Like I can try and get something cooking. Even when I'm getting my butt kicked, I feel like, all right, uh, there's something here I can find whether or not it actually happens with him. I was like, Nope, that's not there. That's not there. That's not there. Just grab him, put him in half guard and figure it out, dude. Just, just something, <laughs> just something, you know? And so, um, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was very humbling. And it was, I was like, like I said, I was giddy afterwards. I, you know, I, I can't think that's a great explanation. Like I got, I got, uh, smoked and afterwards I was like, Hey man, can we do that again? Like, like I was like, yeah. I, I wanted to, I was like, Oh man, this is a cool puzzle. I want to figure out. Yeah. And, he was, and the thing is like, he was super humble about it. He was, he complimented yeah. my jujitsu. Um, he's a, a great guy on the mats. Really cool, um, and so like, yeah, anyways, I, I was just saying like, I definitely feel you on the, like, get your black belt. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, dude, you don't get lasers coming out of your eyes. Like it's, you're no, the same dude. No, dude. <laughs> um, I told him afterwards, I, t- I don't know if I told him or somebody else, I was like, it's like rolling with him was like someone handed me a 10,000 piece puzzle. And after I got 10 pieces laid down, someone dumped on 500 more. And I was like, <laughs> fuck, I can't catch a break. Oh my oh, God. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So back to milestones in jujitsu. Yes. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. Like, what, what do you, what are some of the, what do you think some of your kind of key milestones were in, in training? So I remember my first stripes on my white belt, and I think this is a big one for people. So I came from a, a background of cycling. Uh, and in cycling, um, right. 
you you do accumulate some skill, right? Uh, season over season, particularly in like cyclocross, which was the the discipline that I um, that I uh, competed in most seriously. Um, but at the end of the day, it's about fitness. It's about building fitness, and fitness is a fickle mistress. And, um, she will leave you season over season, right? Like if you don't stay in shape, uh, that's it. It's, and it's like, literally like cycling is down to a science of you, you know, uh, Watts to kilos and, um, lactate threshold, uh, and carbohydrates. And you're just like, that's it, dude. You just get those, all those variables lined up. And that's, that's good. And if you don't get those variable lines up, variables lined up, there's your whole season and season over season doesn't really matter. You know, uh, you could be the, the fastest guy one year and have nothing the next year. You get what I'm saying. In jujitsu, I remember yeah. getting the first stripes on my white belt and being like, no one can take this away from me. Like this won't go away next year. This is, yeah. this represents that belongs to you. Exactly. This represents. Yeah knowledge this represents uh ability um and it was so different and it was so so important to me at the time i was like wow this is really cool i remember like you know i took a picture sent it to my friend alex who like was he was a purple belt time um he should be a black belt now he's a brown belt uh we have several friends like that um but yeah i mean i sent it to him and i was like and he's like hey dude can't quit now (laughs) i was like fuck yeah yeah, Yeah. i'm gonna get a black belt (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah. nice nice man yeah I, th- I think for me you know it was it was the first one of my first milestones that i remember was the first submission i hit in training and the reason that really stands out in my memory was because that's a good one you know i can't yeah you know I, I came into this sport as you know as with a wrestling background and so it wasn't really you know it wasn't really a challenge for me to positionally do a well, right? Like, you know, I, especially as a white belt, I was one with other white belts, which is like kind of like bullshit because like I had like decades of experience, right? So to get positional dominance at that stage was nothing to really be like, oh, look at me, I, yeah, huge milestone, right? But to really let all my experience take a back seat and kind of humble myself into like, Try something that you may fuck up. Try this thing. You may fuck it up and then fuck it up and fuck it up and fuck it up. Keep messing it up. And then maybe one day you'll hit it. Yeah. And that first time an arm bar worked, I was like, this shit is magic. This shit is magic. I love it. This, I want to keep doing this forever, you know? And, and, um, and then, you know, the first time you do the tournament and it, like, it feels like the stakes are a little higher, right? Like, so that was a really cool moment too. And then, um, you know, I think each each belt to me has like represents a certain amount of growth, right? And we've talked about that before, but I think for me, my my white, purple, and black belt were the ones that really stood out to me. My white belt because that's the first step, the first time you step on the mat, right? The purple belt is is when you start to, you know, for me it was when I really started to piece my game together and really make sense of it for myself. What does it look like today? How does my jujitsu look? Right. And black belt was, well, just, I feel, I feel like I've, I've gotten a certain level of mastery on, on certain positions. Right. And I say it that way because, 
you never stop learning. There's hundreds of positions, thousands of positions. I have, I'm a white belt at right now. Right. So I think, um, you know, another one, another kind of milestone that, that, that now that I'm an instructor that rings a little different for me is when I see one of my students hit a move that I taught them, you know, I'm, I'm teaching both the kids and the adults no gi classes right now. And last week I just taught, um, so I do my, I do my curriculum in kind of two week buckets, two weeks wrestling, two weeks on the mat, so on and so forth. And f- for two weeks, I taught my students an arm spin, which is a, it's a wrestling throw. And let me tell you something, Blake, when you see like a six year old little, little girl, like who's like teeny tiny compared to all the other kids in the class, hit an arm spin in training against a live opponent that probably felt better to me than than the first submission I had. It was like so yeah. fun to watch her execute it. And I was like so floored for her, you know? And then she did it again. And I was like, you know, it, it, this shit works, you know? It's, it's, it's so fun to see, man. Yeah. Let me ask you something as an instructor. Yeah. And we've talked about this a lot in the past, but I think it, yeah. in, in uh, – Relative to what we're about to talk with our kids, I think it's really important, yeah. but um, expectations around milestones. So, you know, for me, um, as, as you are in sort of the governing body of promoting people um, at, at our academy, um, you know, I think one, like, I, I don't know when you see it, let me put this, let me, let me jump ahead. Um when you see your hit kid hit milestones, right? Like your yeah. kid being like, Oh cool, man. Like he's walking a couple weeks early or he's, his head size is in the top, whatever percentile or like whatever the thing yeah. is. Like there are certain expectations and feelings associated with that. Some of them are good. Yeah. Some of them are bad. Like fucking yeah. Milo will not stand up at the doctor. He took, mm. he could take like three steps right now. He's, he's about to be one. He's gonna be one in, couple weeks oh my and god that's he's, right he's up and he's all, like he's on his own taking steps but yeah. we take him to the doctor and he doesn't stand up and the doctor's like what are you guys fucking doing like your kid's a, a limp blanket like you know what i mean or like those things and i don't like, think oh, the doctor's god. saying it like, no, that. like i don't that. think the doctor's judging you but this is what i'm talking about right this yeah. is the this is the internalized monologue of not feeling yeah. like you're hitting those expectations when you're when you're missing those milestones and so like how do you as an instructor yeah. feel around that stuff because you know as as a student as a person you know i like i said this before like i let go of belts like after blue belt i was like cool i'm yeah. doing jujitsu for the rest of my life promote me when you promote me like i don't care i'm fucking here you know yeah but man. like some people dude like it's just the biggest deal so yeah like how do you approach that well a couple of things that, that you said there first of all you gotta let yourself off the hook on that stuff dude i know i know dude, kids kids intense. they you know he's he's there you know 11 11 12 13 months from what I remember, that's around the sweet spot, right? And so he's like 11 months right now, yeah. 11 and a half months. He's fine, man. You know, like he'll get – he's not going to be, you know, doing this when he's 30, right? Like he's not <laughs> going to be doing this when he's like, you know, 16. You know, so let yourself off the hook a little bit. He, he's all right. And then, you know, when it comes to the kids and my expectations about if they're not hitting kind of the milestones that I have expectations for and – I'll kind of put this in the context of my own child, right? So Malena, she's in that class that I teach, which is one of the greatest joys of my life. And I'm often seeing her 
compared to some of the more advanced kids. And sometimes I get tricked into getting bummed out that like, why isn't she doing what these advanced kids are doing? And I have to remember and remind myself that especially at that age, every not even at that age, in, in life, everyone learns differently. Everyone learns at their own pace, right? And some people are late bloomers and some people just, you know, there's three types of learners, right? The auditory, visual, and kinesthetic learners. And so perhaps I need to adjust my method, but perhaps not. Perhaps she's just learning at her pace. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the best pieces of advice I got, um, and I think I shared it with you, was with kids, especially kids in the sport, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit anyway, but I'll say it now, is expect nothing and praise everything. Yeah. At this point, it should just I be fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we'll talk about this more in a few segments from here, but man, like, let yourself, let them off the hook, you know? Yeah. It's all good, you know. And when it comes yeah. to like adults, and when it comes to their parents asking for belts, what is a belt? Like you said, what is a belt? Just are you having fun? Yeah. Are you, are you enjoying yourself? Great. Then keep going. Yeah. You, you'll get it when you get it, dude. You know. Yeah, and I believe we've talked about this before, but like you know, the entire yeah. belt system was pretty much developed in order to to market jujitsu, right? Yeah. Like, original Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you were a white belt until you were a black belt. Very few yeah. people had black belts, not even instructors. Instructors were just designated yeah. instructors and still had white belts. And so, you know, as I mean, and that was its own marketing gimmick. Um, but uh, now, you know, and, and then as a sport popularized in America, they had to compete with other martial arts, which gave belts much quicker. So they had to create more belts, more stripes, all of this stuff, like the kids curriculum, like, I, I have no, I, I can't even keep up with how much stuff goes on. Right. So like all of that is to say that like those things are nice for some people. They help motivate some people. Um, if, and if you don't get one, it doesn't mean that like there's something wrong with you. It just, yeah. it's just, you're still doing jujitsu. You're still showing up and yeah. doing the thing, which should be. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. It's like, you know, if you're a purple belt in jujitsu, you're still a bad motherfucker. No. You know what I mean? Like, if you're a purple belt in jujitsu, you know how to protect yourself. You know how to keep your family safe. You know how to keep yourself safe. You know, uh, particularly against someone untrained, you are a bad, bad dude or per a chick, right? Like a woman, right? Like, sorry. Um, but yeah, man, like. It, it happens when it happens. It happens yeah. when it's right, you know? Yeah. And I do, so. yeah. Um, and yeah, and to that point, like, uh, you know, I think that, like, we, we put a lot of emphasis on the belt, you know, like, and uh, especially now, man, like, the around modern jujitsu, like, you've got purple belts in ADCC tapping yeah. black belts, you know? Like, <laughs> it's just, it's, the game is different belts are different um and like the less you focus on that shit like and also dude it's so much better to be a fucking sandbagging purple belt than a shitty brown belt so like get it when you get it yeah and i mean the beauty of it is i've talked about this we've talked about this before is that there's so much growth that happens at each belt and so much learning and you're going to be at a black belt the longest belt you've ever had in your life you know like so 
enjoy that three, two, four, five, eight years, whatever it is at purple, brown, blue, whatever, you know, like just kick back and enjoy it. Learn what you can, you know? Yeah. Anyway, we're tangenting. I know. Let's uh, (laughs) let's move on to milestones with kids. So um, again, like, I, I, we've already kind of touched on it, but you know, childhood is yeah. obviously filled with a lot of milestones and parenthood is filled with a lot of milestones. Um, yeah. you know, and I think that, uh, there are obviously parallels between the two. Um, you know, thinking back to, to milestones, like what are some of the first big ones that you recall? Man, I think one of my favorite ones was the first time I swaddled each of my children. It just, it felt like, so cool to just hold them in that tight little nuzzle thing that and burrito. have them feel yeah the little burrito like and have them feel like <laughs> safe and comfortable in my arms you know like yeah. um you know the first time i drove home with melena in my car that was the first time i drove as a father was when melena was in my car and we were leaving cedar sinai to our apartment like Two miles away, three miles away. I was born there, by the way. You were? You too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's nice, crazy. Man. I just put that together. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. Dude, that was the safest I ever drove in my life. I was like driving <laughs> like grandma, dude. Like, I was like, I was like, okay, stop, stop sign. One, two, three, four. Now go. Look around. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Um, and then like there was a time, like, I think it was like maybe a couple of days later, like, you know, in the first like few weeks of fatherhood, you know, you're just kind of chilling with this like lump, uh, like hanging out, you know, feed it, let it sleep, let it poop, you know, change it. And, um, Milena was like laying on top of me as I was watching like some bullshit on TV. And, um, you know, I looked around, no van wasn't in the room. So I was like lifting my leg up and, and let out a little fart. Malena literally lifted her leg up and let out a little fart. It was the cutest thing ever, man. You know, <laughs> so like those types of moments with the girls, you yeah. know, like those like little like I don't know those first we have together, the first we share, you know, the first time she and I were cool. You know what I mean? Like we've talked on this podcast before how like she has always kind of been like I've been like ten or 12 on the, her power ranking list of humans, you know? And <laughs> the first time she's like, all right, dude, you're not bad. All right. You, you top five now, I guess. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah, man. Um, that, that drive home from the hospital is very relatable. We drove uh, home from uh, Kaiser in Oakland, if anybody's familiar. And we had, uh, I think, turn left across Telegraph and then drove up MLK. If anybody in the Bay area listens to this and, um, I mean, it there. It's it was like midday. There was no one on the streets, um, yeah. and I felt like like just like I was nervous, sweating like crazy yeah, anxiety. And then, of course, with like baby number two, dude, we had to drive from uh, Kaiser in Hollywood to uh, back here and in Burbank. So, like Los Feliz oh, Boulevard at five p.m. Um, and it was like, and I was totally gangster at that point. I was like, ah, fuck it, dude. Kid's fine. Like, like got him duct taped up back there. Like he's okay. Um, Put him on the bike. Like, ah, he's got it. <laughs> I got to train tomorrow. Let's fucking go. Um, poor, poor Milo. Um, but yeah, dude. And then, uh, you know, I think, you know, obviously 
the first steps, first words, all of those yeah. things are pretty, pretty keen. But I remember when we had Owen come home, like the first moment that I really felt like a dad. It's so yeah. silly. But I remember him being, we had him in um, this basket that we used to carry him in. So it was like this, uh, there's some name for it, but it's like a, a basket that you put newborn babies in. And it's like soft inside and like the edges, they won't like, you know, suffocate or whatever. And so I had him asleep on the basket next to the couch. And then I was like in the neck and like, I could see him from the room. I was like keeping an eye on him. He had his little sound machine and I was doing a kettlebell workout and I was just working out and looking at my kid and I was like, okay, I can do this. Like I can still fucking do this. Like I can work out. The kid can sleep. Then I can take care of it after I'm done here and everything is going to be fine. It's just going to be like your normal life. Uh, these are the things that you would do normally. And it was like, I was probably hours after we got home from the hospital where I was like, all right, I got to get a workout in. Um, and it was just <laughs> like, okay, dude, it's okay. It's good. This is fine. You, this is just like everything else, except you have this tiny human that you're totally responsible for uh, not killing. And um, yeah, that was, that was like the moment I felt like, okay, cool. I can do this. Um, That's awesome. Man. Yeah. I, um, um, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go, you go. Oh, I was just going to start saying like, you know, and then yeah. as far as like, you know, milestones in parenthood, you have like these crazy things, yeah. right? Where like sometimes Becca will do stuff and I'm like, wow, like we're parents, you know, yeah. like things yeah. like, like seeing the spreadsheet that she had that was like figuring out which, oh. which program Owen was going to take soccer in or which preschool we were going to go to. She's a spreadsheet person, is she? Oh, yeah. I mean, she's like a big, oh. you know, you know, she's in good. Yeah, I told you, dude, you guys are both planners. <laughs> I like it. That's right. That's yeah. right. We're the same. Yeah, we're shopping she's for a car right now, dude. You should see the fucking comparison contrast. Oh, like I all love the tabs it. In the computer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but dude, yeah. So uh, that stuff, like seeing my wife, seeing yeah. these skills that she had, like always and then like almost like and then just like turning that engine towards kids and it's like wow oh, that's so cool like you know like this this is what you're naturally good at. you know like what am i naturally yeah. i'm good at talking <laughs> like, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm good at rolling around on the ground like chatting with them and like she has like this crazy organizational like powerhouse yeah. in her brain that she was able to like turn into it and like just seeing her do that um and then just like other things where it's like like organizing like clothes by time period in their life and when we should be yeah. buying what shoes and what sizes and things like that. And, and realizing like, Oh wow, this is how our brains work now. Like that's crazy. Like our brains think about like, it's a great point. You know, like how many more containers of formula are we going to need to buy because it's on sale at Costco right now? And how much longer are we yeah. breastfeeding? And if we, you know, like all that kind of stuff, or you're just like, wow, it's this crazy computation that, you know, you, don't think about as a normal person and suddenly like you take a step back and you're like, wow, wow. <laughs> like, yeah. This is what we, this is where we're living now. Oh man. I just got so stressed out listening to you talk about that. I was like, Oh shit. I got to get back to my spreadsheets. <laughs> um, we, we talked about this a little bit. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. You go, you go. No, you go. You go finish. Finish your thought. I was going to say, we talked about this a little bit, but uh, in terms of like your kids hitting their milestones and what those mean. And I yeah. think that you are, I think that we, we articulated it well. We take a page out of jujitsu and we say yeah. the belts will happen when it happens. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't reflect who you are, what you're doing. Um, it's very rare that it's, you know, that, that a milestone 
is going to be missed by a significant portion of time. Right. Right. And if it is like, it's just something that you can address or deal with. Like they're in parenting. What's kind of insane is that there's just, there's so many people who've had kids like every person that you know is a result of someone having a child, right? That like every person has probably been through what you're going through and there is a resource. With less resources, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes, exactly. And uh, it's like the thing we're talking about at the top of the episode, right? Yeah. Um, and there's probably a resource for you somewhere. Yeah. Um, and like that, that alone just is like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like we talked about this the last episode, but it was like just hearing other dads at preschool talk about like how frustrating it is to, oh, get yeah. their kids to brush their teeth or whatever the thing is. It's just like, oh God, okay. Like, I'm not <sighs> alone. Oh, yeah. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Let me ask you something, man. You, you, um, do you ever see, have, have you, do you see, well, I can't speak English right now for some reason. Do you ever see yourself or Becca in the boys? So Becca sees it a lot. Yeah. Becca will comment like, oh my God, it's just like you. You know, oh, this is just like you. There are yeah. some things they say that are just hilarious yeah. or mannerisms that you're just yeah. like, oh my God. Like, I can't believe you picked that up. Yeah. Um, and those things are like, they're adorable and they're incredible. Um, you know, other things like, my personality, I don't know, man, like Owen's a showman, uh, Owen's a showman, yeah. you know, and I can tell, um, uh, but outside of that, like, I don't know. It'll calm. Yeah. It'll calm. Yeah. It's I'm back already teaching it, but I, you know, yeah, I'm skeptical. I, I will tell you that was, that was one of my favorite milestones too, is when I saw myself and I saw Van in both of our daughters, Milena is me like it's just I, it's bizarre how much like me she is and um in some moments i'm like oh that's so awesome and some moments i'm like oh fuck she saw that huh like i gotta turn that down you know and so yeah. um and she is just like van and it's it's just so adorable to watch and like them you know i say in jest but like it it is super cool to see them like pick up our mannerisms and and carry forward these these traits that we have and um so I, that was a, that was a fun milestone for me to to witness in them i'll yeah. tell you this too man is um one one of the most terrifying milestones that malena had was at 5 when she had her first crush and i was like how is this the thing you're 5 ugh it's brutal, dude. It was brutal. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I I know it's it's coming. There are kids at Owen's school who you can already kind of tell, and you're like, yeah. hey, like, but then you you're also like, you don't want to influence it by being like, oh Ben, like Hazel got this for you. You know what I mean? Or like, yeah. oh look, yeah. Ben and Hazel are doing their thing, and it's just like you're like, how much of this is our influence? How much of it is organic? Yeah, and exactly. then sometimes you're like, oh wait, there's something going on. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, it's, it's, that's interesting, dude. Um, this real child, quick, yeah, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. no, I was going to say, um, I was going to move us to just quickly talking about, um, yeah. milestones for your kids in jujitsu, just because like, let's just yeah. talk about that one little piece about like where all this that stuff kind of overlaps and that's like, yeah. you know, 
how do you, you know, how do you tell your kids to treat these milestones? Um, cause I think you had some cool answers when we talked about this before. Yeah, man. You know, I think it's, it's just about keep it playful, you know, for the first five years, it's like, you know, just get comfortable on the mat. You know, I'm, I'm, you don't need to build a world champion who's four, right? Yeah. Like who cares? Who cares if you're a four year old world champion, you know what I mean? Like who cares how they do? Like, competition wise are they having fun great as long as they're having fun they're gonna keep doing this yeah and then they're as they keep doing this they're gonna learn the lessons that we want them to learn along the way Mm -hmm. right which and part of that is how to how to succeed under pressure how to fail under pressure and dust yourself off dust yourself back off and get up and do it again right yeah and that is a lesson that I'm glad I had because it's thick. It's, it's what I'm experiencing now, right? Fuck it up, dust yourself off and get back up and do it again. And I think, you know, if you do it that way, I feel like it just becomes a part of their culture, right? Like some families, they go to church together. Some families, they go play basketball. Some families, they, you know, play board games and some families, they strangle each other and try and break each other's limbs or playfully roll around on the mat, right? Like, you know, Malena and she have, have, have watched me train since their birth. And and yeah. now it's just part of their family culture, our family culture. And, and one of the things that, oh, yeah, I want to do what Papa does. I want to do what Mama does. And this looks fun. Can I try, right? Like, and so th- I try not to put pressure on them. Um, And even when I'm coaching them, right, like coaching Malena, it – it becomes a little hard to like draw that line between coach and father. Yeah. Because when I'm coaching her and I see her slacking off, I want to be like, hey, you're not being a good training partner for your partner who's competing this weekend. Don't lay down on the mat. Get up and let's go. But as a father, I want to be like, hey, dude, if you need to sit out, it's okay. Sit out, right? Like it, it, take the pressure off of her. So I'm in a little bit of a double-edged sword situation, but I'm I try to lean – on on that kind of like, hey, if you need a break, take a break. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for us right now, it's very similar. Like we're just trying to build yeah. a culture of it around our house. And yeah. um, Becca's very supportive of it. And like, yeah, people will be like, especially in the comment section, like, oh, the kid's going to be a killer. I'm like, ah, I just hope he's happy. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> I just hope he likes it. Um, yeah. And you know, I, I, people are well-intentioned with that stuff. So I don't mind, but, um, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't want, I don't ever want him to feel pressure that he has to even be good at it, you know, or that he even has to do it if he doesn't want to. I just, you know, we, yeah, we just try and keep it fun and not make a big deal about it. Um, cause dude, even the eight year old yeah. killers, even the eight year old killers, are they going to keep doing this at like 20? Are they going to yeah. keep doing this at 25? Are they going to keep doing it at 30? Right? Like, are they going to keep doing it at 16? You know, like, I I want this to be part of their life for as long as they want to do it. And in order for it to be healthy for them to do it for as long as they want to, right? Like, I want to do this till my last days on earth, right? And that's going to look yeah. a lot different than when I was 22 training, right? So 90-year-old Uday is not going to be – run around going ham, maybe I will, I don't know, but probably not going to be running around going ham, right? It's going to look a little different. Yeah. And so, you know, we have these seasons in our life and they're seasons for a reason, right? And so, um, 
act yeah. accordingly, I guess. For, lis- for listeners of this, if you want to go back and listen to the burnout episode, Uday has a really yeah. interesting story about um, coming up as a wrestler and seeing people who poor like kids that were just like, this is going to be your life, kid, and that were raised in yeah. it and that had been training for, you know, 15 years and sucked because they didn't love it. And then guys who'd been training mm. for five years who had a, just such a fire in them because they just found it. They just discovered it. And they they were amazing because they were passionate about it and they weren't burnt out. Um, it was a really interesting story that Ude told in our burnout episode. So if you want to yeah. – I, I, I recommend going to listen to that. I just edited that episode the other day. I was like, oh, that's a good story. Um, nice. All right. Let's pay some bills. Uh, let's do it. <laughs> What we uh, as athletes put our bodies through in jujitsu is pretty intense. Um, a lot, a lot uh, comes out of us and it is important that we put good shit back into us. And that's why we are happy to talk to you today about fluid tactical electrolyte mix. Um, it is a simple hydration mix that uh, comes in small packets that you can throw into your training bag uh, that you can stock up in your pantry, um, take with you anywhere and just uh, easily pour into a 16 ounce bottle or your water bottle or whatever it is so that you can use it anywhere. Um, Real quick, uh, Tactical is an electrolyte replacement mix that helps you hydrate better than anything else. It replaces the minerals that you are lost during sweat, which we sweat a ton in jujitsu, uh, without any excess sugar or drunk. Um, it is a must have for firefighters, construction workers, solar farmers, oil fields, or anyone working, um, under, under heat and stress. And what's great about this, guys, is it helps eliminate cramps. And this is this product's designed by scientists, real professionals. Um, and it's it's a real great way, of, like I said, preventing cramps and fighting that dehydration during those long, hot training sessions. Um, whether, especially if you're out here in SoCal training in the heat, um, a great way to stay hydrated and avoid those cramps. Yeah, like I said, it mixes easily in water. Uh, you just add one packet um, into a 16 ounce bottle, shake it, uh, it dissolves, and then you can just pound it right there. And it's made here right at home in USA, in the USA. And um, all the ingredients are sourced right here and inspected inspected here for purity. Um, their mixing and packaging takes all takes place at GMP inspected and approved facilities right here in Los Angeles, California. Yeah, um, it's you know they they actually side note this is super cool, but um, fluid just uh, they just had a big deal um, with. Uh, uh, college athletics because their products are some of the only ones that are yeah. actually uh, hold up to the like rigorous testing that is required for, um, for like doping protocols and stuff like that. So um, it is made with the stuff that people who have to take stuff to be an Olympian take. So anyways, and also it's delicious. There are five fruity flavors. Um, you can, choose your favorite or you can try them all in a variety pack uh they are available at uh livefluid.com or on amazon just search fluid tactical electrolyte mix and with that (laughs) that was a good ad read um and with that um we had a question that was asked and now this is months ago i'm so sorry mr chris who asked this question um and i think we should get back to it because i told him we'd get him an answer it's been a while so uh real quick um, I will, I'll just, uh, 
read this for you. A quick BJJ question, if you don't mind. Um, I have good speed and decent strength, especially for my age and weight. I am uh, 5'4", 153-ish, and I'm basically always rolling with bigger, heavier partners. My question is, is there any truth to relying on, or is it, sorry, is there any truth to relying on my speed and strength at this juncture of my journey? I've uh, been rolling just over one year now. I'm a one stripe white belt. I've competed once, took gold against two other opponents, no subs, but uh, they also did score any points. Uh, I do have a wrestling background. So I guess I'm curious if I'm hindering my, uh, hindering any kind of uh, delay in technique, um, if he relies on speed and strength, uh, the guys at the gym do refer to him as, uh, using Chris speed <laughs> or <laughs> having a high motor. Um, but he never took any offense to it. Uh, he has, uh, ADHD and, uh, is, you know, fast. Uh, anyways, he says he's definitely not as fast like he used to be. Um, so Uday, I think the essence of the question is, um, this is a, should you rely on your natural strength and speed and background, athletic background, or should you try to hold off on using that in order to develop the other skills of jujitsu? It's a great question. And I mean, what a great question. Cause I think so many people think, think about this, right? So many people come from other athletic backgrounds, yourself included, right? Myself included that, that were like, huh, should I, should I lean on this? Right. And I would say this dude is, you know, build your other skill sets so that you don't have to use your big guns all the time. Right. It's great that you have crisp speed. It's great that you have, like, you may have strength you may have, you know, you have some grappling experience. That's great. Doesn't mean you always need to use it. And because if you overuse it, you're not going to develop in some of the other areas that you want to, right? You're going to lean on this. And unfortunately, speed, strength, these are among the first things to deteriorate as we age. So building other aspects of your game will help you continue to evolve as your jiu-jitsu game evolves, right? So like I said just moments ago, my game today at 41 looks a whole hell of a lot different than it did at 22, 23, Right. And it'll look <laughs> and it's gonna look a lot different when I'm sixty-three, right? Like and and so on and so forth. So as a result, it, it's as a result, I've developed other skills that will continue to hang with me. And just kind of like one parenting example that, that kind of coincides with that, right? Like you don't ever want to use your dad voice when it's not warranted, right? You bust out the big guns of the dad voice for something really serious so that it means more, right? Like if they're not brushing their teeth, I'm not gonna be, Hey, let's go. Right? I'm not going to go nuts about it. Right. But if they're dancing in the middle of the street, I got to bust out the dad voice, right? Like cars are coming by like, no, nah, get, get the fuck over here. Right. Like I'm not going to swear my kids like that. I, please don't email me and tell me not to do that. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> Um, question for you. Anyway, I think you get my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As as an instructor, um, have you yeah. seen a situation where um someone didn't progress because they used they they weren't all the time? Okay, all the time. And yeah. the the challenge is is that because they're succeeding, they know it all. 
right? Yeah. So, hey, why, why should I change? I'm, I'm winning. Well, cool, you're winning, but are you are you really? Like, kind of to the point I made earlier, right, about me dominating positionally as a white belt, but was I really doing anything if I wasn't getting submissions, right? No, I wasn't. And so the idea is, is to learn a new skill set. And so, yeah, I see people all the time um, who are in the early stages of their belts who do really, really well. And they lean on things like wrestling and then they, they don't progress because they refuse to step outside their comfort zone. On the flip side, the people who do put a pause button on their skill set and put themselves in weird and uncomfortable positions, their jujitsu game skyrockets because now they have this other weapon in their back pocket where if things get sticky, I can always reach back and double leg you through the wall. Yeah. Right. Or, um, you know, or I can, I can, you know, really start using my, my motor to outwork you. If there's time, if I'm running short on time, I haven't been able to do something. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to bust out something right now. Right. So it, it, it's going to hurt you in the long run to just yeah. rely on the, rely on the old tools. Yeah. I, I talked about this uh, on Alberto's podcast and I probably talked about it um, here as well, but I was really fortunate that I kind of wasn't great. I wasn't a natural at jujitsu because um, yeah. I've seen so many people come in who are naturals or who have this, this awesome skill set, and they make it to blue belt, just dominating people. Right. And then they get to blue belt and maybe halfway through blue belt and they're like, they hit a wall because mm-hmm. suddenly there's just a lot of people who they just, they accelerate, they get really good, really fast, not really good. They get kind of good, really fast. And so then when they have to put in work to figure yeah. something out, it's like, this isn't fun. Like, this isn't yeah. why I did this. I did this because I got, I got in love with, I fell in love with winning instead of, I fell in love with the sport and having fun doing the sport. Yeah. Um, and figuring out the puzzle. Um, for me, it was the puzzle from day one. Like I was like, oh, I'm not going to be good at this. That's okay. Um, this is interesting. And so, you know, I, I, I've, I always talk about like, I was so lucky to kind of suck when I started. not suck, but just not have a natural inclination to it. Um, I will make a quick counterpoint. Um, one thing yeah. is that uh, jujitsu, uh, we praise people if they are flexible. We praise people if they are uh, uh, if they are small and able to uh, wiggle out from people. Um, if they are, you know, long <laughs> um, and able to use their limbs, we praise them for being able to throw great triangles and arm bars. Um, yeah. And we very rarely praise people for using their natural attributes if it is if they are larger people or if they are stronger people and jujitsu is about leveraging your natural attributes and if you are naturally strong like fuck yeah be strong dude that's what you're good at like no problem with that but i think it's about being smart about your strength right um and if you're naturally if you've got that crispy fuck yeah use your crispy but but (laughs) fair point you know what i mean like just in the same way that you would never tell a flexible person man don't use rubber guards stop being flexible you know stop that stop throwing triangles man like yeah you wouldn't. Um, and so I think it's important to, uh, acknowledge it, but I think it's important to use it appropriately. And also like it's jujitsu is about doing uncomfortable things. And if you just show up and do what you're good at all the time, you're missing the joy of the sport. Um, you're robbing yourself of the joy of the sport. And eventually you're going to rob yourself of the skill of the sport. Um, by, because learning is is in of itself a skill. Uh, and so learning how to learn things is a skill. And, and if, 
you don't because it happens all the time. It ha- I'll, I'll have these periods of time where like I'll just roll, right? I'll just roll and then I'll come to a class and I'll be like, oh, wait. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? And you're like, that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a part yeah. of your brain that you're like, if you don't use it, it shuts down. So anyways, um, it's like a muscle. You got, you got to keep stretching that, that thought, that thought yeah. process. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> great question. Yeah. Good question. And great, great point too, Blake. Great point, man. Yeah. All right, dude. Snack attack. Bro. All right. <laughs> so I will tell you, I think I shared with you already that I don't remember what the snack was for this episode back on October 20th when we, when we recorded it. However, I have a friend visiting from Chicago and my dear friend, Jason, one of my oldest friends in the whole world, he came bearing gifts and he came bearing Garrett's Chicago popcorn. Have you ever had this Blake? I don't think so, dude. Try not to eat it all before Saturday, dude. I make no promises. (laughs) Um, It's so he got me the mixed flavors, which is cheese and caramel. Oh, okay. And it is so good, so good. And I'm not gonna sit here and crunch for our audience. I I don't want to put you guys through that because I've had this many, many times before. I may or may not have had some before we hit the record button, but um, (laughs) it's just like it's the perfect popcorn. It's perfectly sweet. It's perfectly salty. And when you put it together, it's that sweet, salty, ah, just dances together in your mouth. So if you're ever in Chicago, if you ever have someone visiting you from Chicago, have them bring some. You ever had skinny pop? Of course. Okay. Always. We always have skinny pop in the house. Have you ever had pirate's booty? Of course. Okay. So between skinny pop, pirate's booty, and this, where are you ranking them? Bro, that's not fair. That's like <laughs> that's like asking. All right, I need this. we need context, okay? All you know, right. you just said I have the most delicious popcorn, but what is that in the context of fair. things that our listeners understand? So, but that is also like saying, "All right, take this garden salad, and then take this um, <laughs> cob salad and compare them. Tell me which one tastes better." Right. So, I will tell you. I would probably rank Garrett's number one, Skinny number two, and Pirates number three. And the reason I go yeah, with that ranking fair. is because Garrett's makes no question about this being wholly unhealthy. There's no like, there's no disguising this. It's covered in cheese dust and caramel. This is not a healthy <laughs> snack. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is terrible for you, but it's so fucking good. Skinny Pop is great because you can eat it enough. You, know, you don't feel bad about it. You feel like you got a pretty good snack. You feel like you're crunching on something. It's great. Pirate's booty, same, but to a lesser degree. It's, it's probably not as healthy as Skinny Pop. So if I were to rank them, it'd go in that order. I love it, dude. I, and thank you for going through that exercise with me. <laughs> Absolutely. Did you, did you bring you a snack today? I do. I, I didn't bring a snack today. I said I, I would if if you didn't bring something. But just so the listeners know, unsurprising to anybody, I'm sipping on a um uh a berry uh berry at all liquid death. A berry it alive liquid death um because this is this is what's keeping me awake drinking a yeah. slightly flavored carbonated beverage at eleven o'clock. Nice. Um, nice. All right, dude. Pop culture, dude. What do you watch and what are you listening to? 
Man. All right. So I am going to go with what I talked about on October 20th. Okay. Because I am, I don't, I'm not really actively watching anything right now. Um, but what I was watching on October 20th was the show on Netflix called Good Girls. And it is like, um, it's almost like a female breaking bad where like these women, it's this group of women. Uh, Christina Hendricks is in it. Um, and this group of women and they commit one crime and it snowballs and commits another and it snowballs and snowballs and snowballs. And like all of a sudden they're in like this heap of shit and um, there's like no way out of it. So it feels very similar to breaking bad, but like, if Breaking Bad was like the rated R version, this is like the PG thirteen version, okay. right? Like it's it's not as like it's not as dark as Breaking Bad, I should say. And there's okay. some there's some dark stuff that happens, and there's some adult stuff that happens, but it's not as dark as Breaking Bad. So if that's if that's what you're into, you'll like it. Awesome. All right. I'll, yeah. I'll have to check that out. Um, yeah. So mine are I'm going to do the typical uh, talk about something that's going to make you feel bad about your consumption habits. And then I'll talk to you about something that'll not make you feel bad about them at all. Nice. So first up, uh, if, if you all listen to, um, podcasts, uh, the ritual podcast is one of my, my favorites. Um, and recently there's an episode with Brian Johnson. Uh, if you're not familiar, you, you probably are, you've, you've likely seen, if you consume social media, you've probably seen something from or about Brian Johnson. He is the guy who is investing like uh, $2 million a year in, um, stopping aging, stopping his aging. Have you seen this at all? It sounds familiar. Yeah. Keep, keep going. This feels it's, familiar. So, so he is, so it's, it's interesting because like his virality has really come about from a sense of like it, 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 people dunk on him because it looks like a vanity project the way it's presented. And it is kind of how he sells it as well. People are like, Oh, this guy just doesn't want to get old. And so he just invests, like I said, millions of dollars a year. He, uh, I think he was um, uh, an early founder in Venmo, a founder in memo. And when that, when it went public, when he sold Venmo, he made, just an, an insane amount of money and he has invested this money in this project which is him um and event like essentially trying to stop or reverse aging um and my, like i said my introduction to him was was rather like i was like oh this is like fucking clickbait this guy just like can't he's having a crazy midlife crisis and can't deal with like having some gray hair um and the project is actually super interesting and he rich has a conversation with him and, and gives him the time of day that i don't think most people did um and do and when he articulates what he's trying to do it's so interesting and it's such a weird existential trip um because he's he's essentially saying like it instead of being like, Hey, I, I don't want to want to age. What he's saying is like, I don't want to die. And I am trying to slow down the aging process. Um, there's this quote that I love, um, not from him that is, you know, uh, one thing, all humans, one thing that is to be human is to try and survive. Um, that like our, our one instinct as humans is to, is to strive to survive yet the one reality that is true amongst all humans is that we will not. And, uh, 
Right. And it's it's such an interesting it, – uh, I'm going to fucking blow your mind when I tell you who said it. Um, fucking Steve-O <laughs> from Jackass. Oh, my God. Yes, dude. Yes. <laughs> He's a poet. <laughs> he is. Steve-O. He, he, he actually, man, the guy is kind of interesting. Uh, but anyways, so this this whole podcast really is a such an interesting conversation between these guys because what I thought was just, like I said, like a guy having a midlife crisis turns out to be this guy trying to – figure out a way to like he's like hey we have it all here like we have all of the technology at our fingertips we have the com- the, the compute computational power with all of the computers and ai like what ai does for us is it um it does the work that would take us a long time to do much faster right at, at its best like it is not actually thinking for us it is doing the labor of thinking faster than we can. We are providing it with the tools and it is turning it around. And he's like, look, we have the computational power to do this at a rate that is like exponentially faster than we would. We just have to ask it the right questions. And it's, it's fucking fascinating. So anyways, highly recommend that on the other side, there's a new season of Vanderpump rules out right now. It is fucking spicy. It. <laughs> it is so spicy. Love it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you were uh, around last season oh, of Vanderpump. Um, I missed the last, the most recent season. Oh, man. Okay. But I am up to date prior to that. Okay. And well, yeah. yeah. It, 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 it's, it's good. It's like a guilty pleasure. Yeah. Ooh, it's it's great. And what's, what's hilarious is it's like all of these haunts. If you live in LA, Oh yeah, you're like you're like especially, dude. I'm sure, dude. Like, uh, Pump has got to be right by where you used to live, dude. I used to run into the cast at um. There's a bar there that I used to go to to watch Cubs games, and they would like, they would pop in. I can't remember the name of it, but um, like Barney's? it was like right on La Cien- No, no, no. It was um, it was on La Cienega. Um, it was a Cubs bar, but like I had no idea until they until. They 2016 when they won the World Series, and so I watched like every game there. Nice. What's it called? I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, no. They, I, like it was a trip. Like watching the episodes. Like oh, we were right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good news. They all moved to the valley. They literally live like they all away. do. Yeah. We like, all do. Like, <laughs> I was trying to explain to you, Becca. You grow like, up. Yeah. You grow up and you move to the valley. I was trying to explain it back. I was like, it's so weird that they're like uh, glorifying and like uh, fetishizing what it's like to live in fucking Burbank. Because <laughs> it's on. like Come my on. whole life. I mean, we do. Hey, my life is good. I love my house. Yeah. I love my family. Yeah. I love that yeah. I'm a mile away from the gym. Um, but uh, but I was like, dude, my whole life, it's been like you never talked about the valley being cool. And like no. producers got to make this, this show cool somehow. So um good bring up the property values i heard james (laughs) moved out here yeah dude like like right by you um oh word yeah yeah so nice yeah cool um yeah dude uh takeaways man you know i as i think about this i think you know look i think all those moments matter and and all these moments should be celebrated in their own way right and and you know, it's about really finding the the little wins, the joy in the little wins, and um, you know, that's how they become a collection. And it's it's fun to look back at that collection and see what it looks like after the fact. So you know, to put your pressure put pressure on yourself in the moment 
to find these milestones. Like even you, right? Like there's no pressure to find, to, to get Milo walking, right? Like he will, Milo, sorry, Milo walking. He will, it'll happen, you know, and, and you'll look back in this moment in like five years and be like, Oh, that was, remember that first time you st- took a step? Like, you know, so we put all this pressure on ourselves to hit these milestones and, and we missed the fun in the journey. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, man, I was just going to say that, you know, we, we need to use milestones when they're beneficial to us uh, yeah. and don't use them to pull, pull away. Right. So like when you need the carrot to chase to- towards, please do um, and right. chase that, chase that belt, chase whatever that thing is, you know, uh, that you want to succeed at, um, so long as it motivates you, but don't get discouraged, uh, when you don't hit it at the expected time when you think you're going to, um, exactly. so yeah, dude, awesome, man. Great episode. Um, yeah, man. if talk, you, dude. uh, Hey, good talk. Uh, if you have questions, concerns, comments, uh, if you want us to talk about something, if you want to sponsor this podcast, uh, if you want to buy a BJJ Fanatics video, oh by my all God. means. Oh, we got this late in, dude. I'm trying to get it in the first 10 minutes. I'm no, so sorry. Let's do it. It's all uh, good, bro. Don't forget Uday's BJJ Fanatics uh, Advanced Fundamentals. Black Belt Fundamentals. Advanced, you nailed it. Yeah. You helped me come up with that name, bro. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, please go check that out if you want to learn how to darse the world. Um, yes. And uh, if you want to just drop us an email, uh, shoot us a line at grapplingwithfatherhoodpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram. I'm at Blake of Today. Uday is at Ujitsu. And gorilla.den.bjj. All right. I think that's everybody. Okay. So until next time, protect your necks. Peace.